You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode out of the blank podcast. I'm here with Reuven Hampshire. Hello. Tell me a little bit about yourself, man. Um, 24 year old, uh, live in Cornwall, England, and absolutely love wildlife and uh, and rock pooling, basically. Okay, hold on. What's rock pooling? Rock pooling is going to the beach. You know, you've got rocky areas, and when the tide goes out, they hold the water and they're full of life. So checking through through all of those. Wait, so you're like building like a kind of like um as like a if you ever make like a I guess a civilization game like the island games where you have to go on a getaway, you get to put like rocks in a circle and then when the water recedes, <laughs> it keeps all that water in there. No, no, the rocks are already there. They're um the exposed rocks on the beach. Not every uh, beach has rock pools, but beaches with like falling cliffs and stuff, you'll almost definitely find rock pools there. I immediately started thinking of like, you ever play the uh, the island games? Like you get lost on an island and you have to build your own like fish, whatever, or, or whatever yeah. the thing is, aquarium. So they put rocks in a circle and they put water in it. I tried that as a kid, didn't fucking work because the rocks had little holes that the water would just come out. Yes, it's not as survivalist as that. So when you're saying enjoying nature now, what exactly do you enjoy by nature? Basically, just the, the living things that you find. I mean, it's so exciting to go about at, at these locations where a lot of people feel like maybe there's not very interesting stuff about. Um, but I mean, British rock pools, you know, you have loads of what would appear to be to sort of people who don't look into this uh, quite exotic species, quite exciting species of animal, whether they're like invertebrates or vertebrates. So like you've got tons of crabs, prawns, all sorts of crustaceans, um, all sorts of annelids, which are all worms and stuff, and then tons of fish as well. So it's a really diverse, crazy ecosystem. I think this is like really surprising. The only reason I'm so interested in this is the fact of I don't think I've ever met a person that's our age in our 20s that is interested in actually going outside and exploring what we would call nature. It seems like with uh, this new generation and all these kids that are coming up now, they're really about the cell phones. Nobody's really going out to experience the world anymore. Um, virtual realities is far. I mean, if you want to play Fortnite, you could probably get a nice, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Minecraft does a pretty damn good job of giving you the tools to, I would say, build a little island compared to maybe when I was a kid trying to do it with sticks and duct tape was a bit of a pain in the ass and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I, it's just something enjoyed about it. Like, I mean, where did the inspiration start for you? Because I know my nature kind of just fascination came for when I went camping all the time as a little kid. Yeah, so, I mean, living in Cornwall, we're a pretty secluded area of England, and we're on a peninsula, uh, absolutely surrounded by the sea, and not very densely populated, so it's really, it's just there, you know, there's always access to it, and I think that's a big part of it, is uh, sort of, you just like take a five minute walk out of where I grew up, my house, uh, you'd be on these old railway tracks, and there'd be no one around, and there'd be loads of nature, birds singing, deer running around. So it was a really crazy, um, really exciting place to grow up. And again, sort of, you've got the, the seaside right there, you've got beaches right there. And if you're going to the beach as a kid a lot, one of the activities you can get into definitely is rock pooling. 
I live right by the beach. I've spent my whole life here. And I'm, I guess what you would say is I want a change of scenery, mostly because mm. I feel like once you're influenced by it so much, like all around it all the time, you just really want a change of things. Like I think one of my uh, best trips I've ever been on, I'm going to ask you this too. I've been to Hawaii, which is nice, but Vegas, man. I don't know what it is, <laughs> not really the actual part of Vegas, but more like going to go see the Grand Canyon. Like I took this trip with my grandparents and you have to take a very, very shitty school bus all the way up this mountain where you're like side by side to people where it's like, I don't have any room. Like I wish I got my like two seats so I could actually have some room. And I remember this dude fell asleep on my shoulder. My grandma was videotaping it, laughing her ass off. And then I finally just got some sleep. I mean, just put my head on the window, started to conk out a little bit. Cause all your scenes rocks after a while. I mean, you're three hours on a regular double decker bus, which is fun as hell. You're driving, they're pointing out all the like the cactuses, like that's Joshua trees, all these cool names for cactuses. But then you get this crappy rundown bus actually in the Grand Canyon going up the mountain. And I have my head on the window and we hit a giant bump and my head goes back and slams right against the glass, dude. And I'm like, <gasps> like well, it'll it'll wake you up. But dude, that whole like four hour, five hour trip just to get to the Grand Canyon, way worth it once you get there. I mean, we were there for an hour, but you look at it, you're like, wow, like this is, a, this is a miracle. Like this is something that's like, it's just unexplainable. I don't know if you've ever came across an unexplainable beauty before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely have. I mean, um, my best traveling experience was going to America um, with my partner when I was 20. So I basically worked loads, saved up loads of money. We went across to America for two months. Um, and yeah, started on the East Coast, did New York, the city, which I wasn't initially excited about because like I said, I'm a pretty like nature person, like to be out there in nature. But it was just such a, an amazing change of scenery because I'd never been around so many skyscrapers like that, so many hustling, bustling people, you know. So it's absolutely nuts. Went to Viagra, uh, Niagara Falls almost got that one wrong um yeah then sort of all over the place on the east coast then went over to california for a month and uh rented a van and we drove up and down the state and yeah death valley definitely was just i was in awe going to i don't know if you've ever been to death valley but dante's viewpoint i think it's five thousand foot elevation you can see the whole of death valley and it's just unbelievable What's your typical like best scenario like when it comes to if I was going to give you like a million dollars to go anywhere you want and do whatever you wanted, what would you do with the million dollars and where would you go? Because like everyone always goes, I want to buy a, a McLaren. I want to buy a Lamborghini. I'm like, I want a log cabin in the middle of the woods with good internet and I can just do this all freaking day and I don't want anybody bothering me. I want a little stream that I can walk out with like a stick and a string and just try and fake fish for like, I guess to make myself feel better. I mean, you talk about loving invertebrates or loving these little like creatures that you get to see in the water when you're rock pulling. I love shrimp. Um, I love watching them in the little tank and floating around. There's a blue lobster at my Petco. And every time I walk by, I'm always staring at it for like an hour and a half. And everyone's like, Robbie, move along. I'm like, it's a lobster and it's blue. What the fuck else do you want out of life? Like, this is it. Yeah, man. Like prawns, I, I think, are some of the best characters of a rock pool. Uh, definitely. Like, they're, they're really inquisitive, really exciting. And that's one of the great things you get onto a rock pool. And it's just like, yeah, loads of prawns. I love that. But uh, yeah, if you gave me a chunk of money and I could go anywhere, do anything, I'd, I'd probably, this is a shared 
dream and passion with my partner we'd uh we'd go to hawaii and yeah definitely set up on a beach there somewhere do a bit have, of snorkeling have you ever been to hawaii before or is that just one I of the dream locations no. that's a dream location so um we sort of we planned out we were going to go for three months to america and hawaii was definitely going to be in there but um about a month before we left found out my partner was pregnant so we had to cut it short by a month um and ended up sort of shaving off the hawaii section <clears throat> what would have been of, of our trip so ended it in california but really want to go to hawaii sometime in the future you're better than most people because every time i've ever been on a plane ride there's always a baby on there and just start screaming i'm like who the hell brought a one month old on this plane like are you like oh his ears just popped i'm like his brain's about to explode we're like fifty thousand feet in the air like i hate planes not because I saw snakes on a plane when I was a kid and not because I'm afraid of heights. I like the whole looking up at the clouds. I think that's beautiful. But I went to a 12 hour plane ride on going to Hawaii and I was at the very, very back of the plane. And then the woman was like, oh, you don't have any overhead storage spot. And I'm like, what do you mean? Every, there's a thing right here. She goes, no, that's where we keep the oxygen tanks. I'm like, what oxygen tank? She goes, the one that's fueling the whole plane. I was like, so there's oxygen tanks that are keeping everybody alive on the front, um, basically above my head right now. She's like, yeah. I'm like, what happens if that explodes? She's like, don't think about that. I was like, oh, now I'm going to think about it for the next 12 hours. <laughs> We went, uh, went to India uh, when our eldest was five months old. And yeah, that was uh, taking a five month old on a plane. That was an experience, especially like waiting in airports and stuff. Like we stopped off in Bahrain, insanely hot country, especially like, I mean, we were there in January, um, but it's pretty close to the equator. So yeah, that was, I wouldn't take a, a baby on a plane ever again. Definitely waiting until they're both older before we go on holiday again. When you travel, what do you consider the worst part? Do you consider the journey up there? Or I feel like it's also the plane ride or the journey back. But I feel like airports are the biggest thing for me. I just, I've never had a very great experience at an airport, mostly layover times. But I got uh, pulled over by TSA and strip, like not strip check, like hand up the butt or anything, but more like patting down dog came out because my cousin's a diabetic and he had his needles in my bag and I didn't know. So they're like, why you got all these needles in here? I'm like, my cousin's a diabetic. And they're like, shouldn't he be carrying the needles? I'm like, I'm not a heroin user, man. Like, don't need to jump on me. And I start itching real bad, freaking guys staring at me. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I'd say the worst part of going away is probably like the week before I actually go away. I mean, I've got diabetes, got type 1 diabetes. So I've got like, uh, I've got other allergies as well. So I'm allergic to uh, some foods, I'm allergic to nuts. So before I go away, there's often like this real thing that have I got all the medication I need? And oh God, what if I die in the country and stuff like that? So it's like, it's just the build up to it. It's probably the worst thing where I get really stressed out really easily. Um, but like, I think the second we actually set off, I don't mind airports uh, in America. We went to maybe like six airports, uh, one of which LAX, which was hot on security um i got patted down pretty much every airport like you said because i had needles on my on my person yeah, you I've carry your own needles. needles if we're riding together that ain't happening yeah. <laughs> i've never been yeah, so yeah. scared in my entire life i had a thing of goldfish crackers and needles in my backpack i had no clue was in there <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad although i um i didn't have any proof i was diabetic i just like well i've got all the medication why else would i have it so you know I look at like a dream location and I'm like, I feel like besides, you know, if I had a million dollars and I built like a log cabin somewhere, Alaska seems like a pretty amazing place. 
I mean, they give you like a thousand dollars just for moving there because they just the oil companies just ravaging the nation's natural beauty. But I feel like I'm not a fan of the cold, but I prefer that over being super hot, I guess. But I mean, it's just interesting, like to see a whole different change of scenery than the beach scenery I've been seeing every single day. I'm like, I want mountains. I want like when I go up to Pennsylvania and there's mountains up there and you're going like I'm going snowboarding or something. It's just freaking amazing. Like I'm like, this is a whole different climate. I It's harder to breathe. I feel like somebody's sitting on my chest. This is awesome. Yeah, man, uh, we've not got any any mountains where we live, so definitely Guernsey Mountains, absolutely amazing, um, and like massive lakes. I when, when we went to Lake Michigan, um, we we just like just looks like the ocean, you know, unbelievable. There's a lake, so yeah, there's definitely there's there's a lot to go and see that's very different to where we live. But I think one of the ben- benefits to where we live in Cornwall, you know, because there's there's so much coast um and there are so many small areas like uh the town that we live in that's uh, it's it technically it's its own microclimate so you travel like 20 minutes away and it it does feel like a different place you know you've got um old mining country there's a lot of heritage to cornwall so there's a lot of historical things to go and view you've got loads of areas you can go for natural beauty whether that be like woodlands moors um you've got like i said tons of beaches and so many beaches are so individual and they're all just really accessible have you ever seen the movie jumper i have yeah i wish i had that superpower dude but i wish i could also time travel with it like jump to a certain point in history because i would love to go to like ancient greece and all these other types of places where like greek mythology was super big i'm really fascinated to that old school style of history and i would love to see just the nations of the sword battles you know get to really experience what was going on in the minds of some of these like i mean that was where i guess initial knowledge really came from was greece and all these types of amazing things that we use today with math reading all but i mean that's just to me that's inspiring seeing these amazing statues being built would be something i would really love to see but if i had to ask you what would be i would say your worst travel experience worst travel experience <clears throat> you gotta have what? one i mean i went to uh what do you call it uh my, all right, hold on a second. I got to double think on this one because I've had a few really bad ones. But which one's worse than the first? If you got an answer, you go ahead. Oh, man, I definitely have an answer. And actually, my, my worst travel experience was on the best trip of my life, which was my two months traveling away in America. Um, like I said, I was out there with my pregnant partner. Uh, we rented this van that was insured on road, but you couldn't go off road. And it was like the description of off road was basically like anything that's not a paved road and we pulled over in this national forest and um God, i can't remember what national forest it was but it was this place called rattlesnake den it was in california and uh, we pulled off the road and there's this little flat patch hard patch for us to camp on and we were like excellent look down the way and there's another little gravel lane and we're kind of umming and ahhing about it because you know do we go down there and risk the insurance all this sort of stuff so anyway we drove down there because it's a bit further away from the road and we didn't want to get woken up by traffic in the night. And we pull up next to another car, which is why I thought it would probably be safe. Um, we hopped out of the car and further along still, there was like this clearing in the trees and just the most bizarre setup. There was a smashed TV um, and there was a cow skin 
no cow, cow skin and all of the offal, all the guts, like the tongue laid out. It looked like weird ritualistic sort of stuff and we were definitely in the uh, in the the hilts you know that's what (laughs) what we call a papa john's uh satanic cult oh my god it was terrifying so obviously we're we're like let's get out of here hop in the van go to pull away rear wheel drive rear wheels are in the mud and the van was stuck sun was going down we're right next to this river and stuff on there like looking for gravel looking for like bark chips anything to stick under the tires to try and get us out it's just not working so my partner was just like you've killed us we're done the sun goes down we're in bear country we're gonna die um so it definitely wasn't a very exciting experience so in those terms it was pretty gut sinking and i went up to the road waited by the road for like 20 minutes just waiting for a car to come by and nothing came by you went let back a hitchhiker pick you up first of all that is the biggest mistake ever that's how every serial killer movie gets well started. yeah that was it was either die there or die in a nice warm car so what are you going to choose anyway my partner decided to go up to the road and within about 15 minutes um someone saw her pulled over this bloke called mark just an absolute legend he was a he was like a carpenter something like a, a tradesman who just happened to have the right tools in the back of his van and he had a couple of ratchet straps hooked us up with the ratchet straps got us attached to a tree and just hoisted us out of this um out of the mud and we drove off and uh we didn't even realize on the day it was it was the 14th of february it was valentine's day and he was like oh my wife my wife's gonna kill me you know i'm gonna be late for dinner and off he drove but i would have been like tell her you just saved two people's lives (laughs) yeah i was like thank god for people like mark (laughs) yeah i think my worst trip would have to probably be the second time i went to hawaii um a lot had changed uh this is why i'm a big person on like conservation of things um mostly the airport was a pain in the ass i mean we knew what's oh it's 11 hour flight so it's gonna be fun on the way I guess once we get there and then on the way back, it's going to suck. You got that whole plane ride. Like, can't believe we got to return back home. But I remember like it was, it had its good and its bad moments. So my grandfather is very funny with anytime we go into TSA because he fought in Nam and also believes he doesn't have to take his shoes off for anything. So he had to take his shoes off and the whole time I'm just seeing him going mother and just like, just cussing really out loud and TSA line. And I'm like, Oh my God. And we're just trying to get through. And he's like, he's like about to walk into the metal detector. He walks through beeps. He has to come back, take his belt off and take his watch and do all this stuff. I'm like, you're supposed to take all that off, man. He walks in again. He started beeping and he goes, now what the fuck? And I'm like, Oh God. And my grandmom's just like walking straight to where we're supposed to go for our airplane ride or whatever. And uh, they start scanning him, and they scan up near his head, and it starts beeping. He goes, oh, it must be the metal plate I have in my head. And they're like, oh, okay, go on through. And then he's, like, putting his shoes back on. He's like, I hate this shit. And I'm like, dude, let's just go. And he goes, I don't even have a metal plate in my head. I have no idea what they're talking about. I'm just like, so there's just something inside of your head that's metal that nobody knows about. He goes, I, I got hit in the head with a nail gun when I was a kid. It could be that. I'm like, Jesus. But – um. What really kind of made the trip kind of sucky was that since it was our second time there, when we went back to the hotel we stayed at the first time, and this had been a couple of years, uh, a gap in between, me and my brother knew the way to get to the beach. We knew the path we took last time, and we took that path, and the coolest part was there was a small little market in between these hotels that you wouldn't really know about unless you were just walking and stumbled across it. Had parrots, had a little koi pond, everything. 
completely torn down and it was turned into a another like store or hotel building slash thing like it was only like a store like one story high but it had a bunch of little market stuff in there completely gone but that was like an unknown treasure to us was to have that there so it really sucked watching that kind of change and started to take out kind of the beauty parts of nature and everything. And then they had this hotel that had penguins that was gone too. They took out the penguins and they made an expanded part. That was like a beach party type thing. I was like, that kind of sucks. And then we ended up going to this place called Dole plantation, which is, uh, you know, Dole pineapples. Well, it's the largest pineapple like plantation ever. And it takes 48 months to grow those things. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, for a fucking pineapple, think how easily we eat those. Oh my God. But it had this one maze and we ended up getting, me and my grandpa got stuck in the maze and he just started screaming, yelling, you wanted to go in the fucking maze and now we don't know how to get out. I'm like, this is a child's maze. Can you believe we're stuck in this? He's like, stop laughing. I'm like, it's too funny. But um, the way to that place, my grandma, instead of taking the correct route, which is the fastest route, she took what her GPS told her to do, and it was all the way around the island. So we spent basically the whole day in the fucking rental car. I have, I was like, oh my God, why are we, I'm missing so much time right now. And she's like, what are you complaining about? You're on your Instagram back there. I'm like, hold on a second. We've been eight hours in a car after a 12 hour plane ride. And you're asking me why I'm complaining. She's like, we'll get there when we get there. And the, whatever it was, um, shaved ice, that was pineapple flavor stick. And it's going to be amazing. I was like, I don't care at this point. I just want to take a piss. That's my worst experience. Um, I've got a second worst experience actually. I've just remembered from you saying that. So we well, went take to a India. Piss reminded something? Yeah, no, it wasn't that. It was the traveling. <laughs> um, yeah, so when we went to India, uh, we basically my parents' mother was living out there at the time, helping out at this hotel or this small B and B. Really, it wasn't a hotel. Um, and we went out there. She she planned this day for us where we'd be going down the backwaters in a boat and she showed us a picture of the boat and stuff she had it all booked it was a really nice looking boat it had lunch provided all this sort of stuff it was absolutely amazing and we turned up and it was just like this guy sat in a canoe and he was taking us around these backwaters and yeah he was there was definitely some false advertising going on there because it was basically like just filthy tiny rivers around the backs of people's houses and stuff and uh you're just in somebody's front yard taking pictures of a gutter and the guy's (laughs) like what the fuck are you doing it's like he said it's nature yeah it was it it was not a very professional trip uh for the guy but he must be making a killing you know you must get so many bookings and we cancelled like halfway through we um we were going down this river and sort of like complaining and stuff that all these low-hanging branches whacking us on the head and uh we just said to him like so when's lunch he was like, you don't get lunch on this trip. And we said, all right, then. So how much longer have we got? We've been on it for like over an hour and a half with a five-month-old baby. My my partner's grandparent, uh, her granddad and her mum. And he was just like, oh, we'll probably be doing it for about another three hours. We jumped ship yeah, right I then was, and I, there. I, I was like, look, I need a granola bar. I need a thing of trail mix. I need something, especially when you're diabetic. Like, I know my cousin's always like, oh, yeah. Me checking his blood uh, sugar levels, doing all that type of stuff. And I remember um, he was he had a stick of needle in his ass at one point during like the tour bus ride we were on, which I don't know why he does it sometimes. Then he doesn't have to do it most of the time. But um, I remember like that whole, like that was his first time ever going to Vegas. So this is really his first time traveling away from his parents because he's 
a little bit younger than me, six months, but me and him have completely different lifestyles. Like I'm more of like, I go out and do whatever I got, I'm on, you know, water slides, all that type of stuff. It took him forever to finally get on a water slide. He's just really kind of sheltered because of the diabetes thing. His parents didn't want him to go to school. Good kid and all good kid. Love him. Love him to death. But, uh, we went when we were going and taking a ride up to the Hoover Dam and everything, and taking a ride up to the Grand Canyon. When it was me and him, um, it a lot of the bickering and fighting that we were doing. It was a lot of fun though. Like all those moments, like when you're traveling and stuff, and you consider like this is the worst. I can't believe this is happening. This is ruining our vacation. They actually turn out to be moments you look back on and laugh at the hardest. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, my first travel travel nightmare that I described with the. The, the woodland cult sort of scenery i mean yeah we definitely talk about that now and you know because neither of us got dismembered and eaten by cannibals you explained hilarious. freaking chernobyl that's what you did to me. <laughs> if you ever seen the movie chernobyl whatever diaries or whatever it is called where there's stuff yeah, yeah. like it's nighttime and then you hear things back that would scare the shit out of me imagine spending oh my, a yeah. night in chernobyl man it, it was uh it was like something that's straight out of a horror film it was like some we were expecting some backwards hillbillies to, to come out with shotguns or something. I mean, one of the first things I thought I was looking at were like these trees. So we were in a bowl as well, and these trees were like on a gradient going up. And I was just thinking, there's got to be a sniper in the trees or something, waiting for an animal to turn up and and start feeding on this cow. You know, what's one place you would never want to visit? Ooh, man, that's a tricky one because um, you want to go everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I think I do. Um. I wouldn't be able to just like I don't have a knee-jerk response for that one. Hmm. How about yourself? I'm trying to think because I don't want to <laughs> say fuck New York, but at the same time, I'm not a fan of it. I had a really bad oh. experience when I went. It was really cold. I lost a glove. I was a little boy and I lost a glove, so that was really impactful for me. And it was really weird because it was around Christmas time. So like my grandma knew how upset I was that I lost a glove. I mean, I was like six or seven. So this was a big deal to me. I was like, oh my God, you just bought me these and I lost it. I don't know what's And then um, I, for Christmas, I got I got the other glove back, like the same glove. Like I was like, oh, Santa got me my, it, that was a good part on them. But I know she went to the fucking store and just bought another pair of gloves. Like I knew it was that type of thing. But like, it's just really hard because like when I went to New York, it was really loud. I understand why people wear headphones there. And I think through figuring out like why, it was really hard for me to breathe. Like it just, it seemed like the air was super thick and that was just probably because the dense population. I worked with a mm. few um, people that are from New York city, you know, the accents and everything. They're always smoking cigarettes. And I'm like, you know, like that's not good for you. And he goes, we're from New York. And I realized what he meant by that was the fact that there's a thing called brake dust. And when the brake dust goes up in the air, you're breathing that in. So they actually check the lungs of like a person that lived in New York for like 40 something years. And they check the inside of his lungs, not of the cigarette damage, but the amount of brake dust that he had inhaled had actually ruined his lungs. Hmm. You imagine like the, uh, yeah, the pollution in New York and it sticks to surfaces and stuff, you know, like all the concrete walls and everything, all the skyscrapers are you know, absolutely covered in it. Yeah. I look at um the fact that like when we talk about conservation or stuff, like I want these things to be around for everyone to be able to see. I mean, the first time I went to Hawaii compared to the second time I went to Hawaii was two completely different experiences because the first time I went, um, we went to this fish reserve. I look at like the fact like with conservation and stuff, like 
we're completely tearing up this planet. Like, I mean, like it's no tomorrow. And I know everybody's trying their best to be hip and, you know, oh, take care of the earth and stuff. But I think what the main thing is, is that we're overpopulated, obviously, but it's the factor of like, I mean, how many times do you go by somewhere as that you used to walk by as a little kid and it's completely changed? Like, um, as a little kid, I can walk down when I, I mean, like back in the day, like walk down a street or something. And there was like this small town, nice DVD rental place. We used to get these horror movies. And when our parents would go out of town and just watch these movies that we're not supposed to be watching. And then um, now like that's all torn down. It's now just completely business corporate stores. I mean, app, there's an Apple and a Verizon. I was like, there's no freaking way this place, like it used to be old and historical, the bricks, all that, the moss. Nope. They cleaned it all up, made it like completely different. I'm like, I love that nostalgia feel. And I don't feel nostalgic in my own town. I mean, I went to Hawaii the first time compared to the second time, completely different. There's a national fish reserve known as Hanama Bay. I recommend if you go to Hawaii, check that out. Um, it's, they give you a video. They show you this is a fish preservation place. You're going to see a lot of amazing fish and a lot of amazing coral. Please respect it. But all the tourists don't really understand what they mean by respecting the coral, so they stand on it. Eventually, that coral dies. And the second time we went to the fish reserve, we had to go so far out because all the coral, in, like where we went in the beginning, the first time we went, it was all dead. There were no fish. So we had to go even farther out. And it's just going to keep going. I bet if you go now, it's completely different. I mean, my cousins live out there and um besides they speak a language called pigeon i'm gonna warn you you will not know what the fuck they're saying my cousin i couldn't understand a damn word i'm like what are you saying to me right now he's like i'm full on aloha thank you i'm like are you hungry do you want to get a burger and he's like i'm full on aloha thank you i'm like i don't know what that means so i'm gonna order you a double and then eat it if you want it or leave it on the table and we can just go from there but um yeah but i mean it's an amazing experience i recommend anybody that really wants to travel i mean that's one of my plans that i really want to do is because i don't see a lot of the world staying um in good condition i see it just going to keep everything's just going to keep getting moved we're going to see less and less and less and i feel like for our kids our grandkids it's just going to be difficult for them to experience things that we used to experience like a nice bonfire. Mm -hmm. Or like, a, I mean, just an amazing crackling of wood in a fire. Oh. Yeah, I mean, what you, what you just said about sort of nature reserves, I find it, it's, it's quite upsetting that we have nature reserves uh, picked out and that basically is an allowance for nature, for humanity to encroach everywhere but there. And rather than kind of trying to expand these reserves and have as much space as possible for nature, we have these very small parts that are protected so that if needs be, we can sort of creep closer and closer and develop more society, which on one hand definitely needs to happen. We are going through this uh, population crisis um, and everyone has a right to live. Everyone has a right to reproduce. I mean, I have two children. That's definitely where we're stopping. We're not having any more because I, I feel like the human population it does need to stem at this point it's getting too much for the planet to to withstand but where i grew up it's it's more of a case of so it's really old-fashioned and modern day hit it and there was a population boom so all that's happened is everything stayed the same so the town is pretty much the same um but you've got like estates just popping up everywhere housing estates just popping up here there all over the place and they're all commercial so 
people don't like own their homes there they're all like these really sort of weird toy towns and stuff so from my perspective it was make this more like i drop down the road now that as recent as like two years ago there's like 200 homes by the side of the road but that was all just rolling fields well that was sort of woodland who was owned by a farmer uh, and and they've just destroyed that to make way for this housing and yeah so it's hard to argue because it's the place that you you know or knew and and then it's you know it's got to be got to be utilized for people to live in i mean my buddy lives out um probably a good couple miles away from me like i live in the beach part of the town he lives more out towards the country where there's like well there was a lot of trees now it's like um they built these community homes that look just like the one beside it. I mean, you literally, I got lost. I swear to you. I, I am not an idiot. I know my directions. I know GPS, but me and him went skateboarding one night and we went into this back little corner part to go take, it's like a shortcut to get to the store. They have exactly the same homes on every single lane. And it is about 15 miles of just this area. And it, we, we cut it in half. It's like two miles to the store instead of taking the long ass way around. We got lost. I found out there's a water park back there. I had no freaking clue. I was like, where are we? He's like, dude, I live here. Oh, like out outside of here, obviously, but not in this community. But I don't, I have no clue where we're at. I'm like, so what are we going to do? He's like, figure a way out. Every time we kept coming back, it's like the same shit. I'm like, we've been here before. He's like, no, we haven't. I'm like, I've seen that sign six fucking times. That's the, there's no way there's 10 water parks here. That's one water park. And he's just like, dude, I'm telling you, it's, it's left. Next, you know, we're back to where we started. It felt like I was in like a freaking paradox or the twilight zone. I was like, how do we get home? I just want to call my mom and have her pick me up because I'm freaking scared. I'm, t I'm 20 at the time. So that's, that's a big thing for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Standardized sort of architecture is, uh, it's pretty freaky. Like, like you said, when you're driving around this, the areas that, that every single house looks the same, they've got the same little patch of grass out front, all sorts of stuff like that. I find it very peculiar and it doesn't have much character to it. And um, what's more is you're in, in areas like that. So what they'll do is they'll, they'll create these gardens and stuff and they'll monoculture with the crops or they'll have like they would say introducing na uh, nature into areas they might have set up like plant beds and stuff so you've like got wood chippings and and bushes in it and all that and it's like they're very much controlling the plants that are in there so you're not introducing any nature even though it gives like the illusion that this is a green space as well as a living space you've you've monocultured it you're reducing the amount of creatures that are going to frequent it and yeah, it's really unfortunate. It does have a massive impact on the environment. I see. I like the idea and I understand the business behind it of when it comes to retail and making money to go back into the economy, building stores that are needed. So people don't have to travel super far. I get that. But at my buddy's place, like they leveled all these miles and miles and acres of trees just to build community homes that are empty. And I'm like, hold on a second. If we have empty homes that are just sitting here that nobody's buying, how the fuck is there a homeless population problem? Like, 
can we just not do a thing where we have to, you know, help them get a job. And then for six months, they get to live in one of these places until they're able to make enough money to afford their own place. Like, can we not do this type of standardized living? I mean, we have empty homes. We might as well fill them with people that are sleeping on the streets. Like I came across a homeless man in Hawaii and he was literally like, I choose to be like this. And I'm like, why? He's like, the, the weather's always 70 degrees. You never really have to worry about much. I'm an expert minimalist. I'm like, what do you fucking mean? You're an expert minimalist. He's like, that's what homeless people are. We're expert minimalists. I'm like, wow, that is really looking at the cup as half full there. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. I swear to you, they were talking. It was a couple of homeless people. Best curbs. They were pointing them out in which neighborhoods. They were marking them on a map, which have the best curbs. I'm like, no fucking way this is happening right now. Like these guys are talking about the best curbs and neighborhoods to sleep in. I mean, they obviously are happy being homeless, but um, like the case for lots of homeless people is definitely not by choice. And a lot of them don't live in Hawaii. So, uh, yeah, I think the fact that new houses are being built all the time by companies that require you to have a sort of a stable income and they require you to make regular payments and stuff. And in some cases never actually own the home. So you've like, um, rent to own so you start you rent the house and then over time you slowly buy off the house but as the economy changes the part of the house that you haven't bought yet that percentage is constantly changing so you could really have like a down section of the economy you could lose your job because of that the economy's gone bad so your house price has shot way up and then you know you haven't got a job to back that up i mean people are on zero hour contracts who are essentially week to week hoping to get a full-time uh week of like standard pay so 37 hours here um it's like throwing just your money in a hole and it just never fills up exactly it's like buying a car and you shouldn't have to feel like that about buying a house somewhere that you're going to live you know you haven't got to feel like it might be pulled out from under your feet um uh but it it, it always comes down to money doesn't it that's just it's, it's a crappy way of living i would look at it like i mean i look at people that don't have a lot or don't have a lot of money and don't really have a need to want a lot of money like i don't never want to be super rich I don't want anything like that because I feel like it just brings corrupt power and you start to notice when you start having money how easily you spend it like it's mm. really hard to correct yourself like I mean back from when let's say you have a thousand dollars in the bank a two dollar or three dollar purchase for an energy drink or something is like oh I can't do that I can go over here for cheaper so you have to drive like maybe across town to get something cheaper then you start having like 20 let's say you have 20 grand in the bank next thing you know you're like ten dollars for an energy drink and toss it out of your pocket it's like it's really hard to correct yourself when that starts happening and i look at like someone like bill gates that has billions of dollars and i'm like how the fuck are you not just spending it like johnny depp does where he's just mm. home after home after home i mean johnny depp owns a whole neighborhood except one house on it and you know what he tried to do since that guy wouldn't sell his house he built a little like statue that is basically a middle finger to the guy who owns the house it's just straight up pointed at his house. I was like, that's Johnny Depp money. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And you look at people like Bill Gates and don't own a gold chain, don't own any Gucci or anything like that. And then you look at other people who are a fraction of how much he's worth. And yeah, like you said, they, they just spend their money wherever, however. And a lot of it, if you, uh, if you have a certain amount of money, if people know you have a certain amount of money, there are, there are industries that cater to that. There are industries that offer the same service, but just like, much flashier 
um, and they'll reach out to you and they say, well, hey, you've got this this much money now. Don't don't take your car to that garage. We'll come to your house. We'll pick it up. We'll take it to this one and we'll give you a much better service, you know. Um, and there's definitely like fingers try try to go in pockets like the second that, that people get money. Um, it's just this constant sort of revolution that we're living through. It just keeps on going round and round that the money's moving and it doesn't matter who's got it, but everyone's trying to get their hands on it. Usually I ask people like, what do they do professionally? But like, I mean, across from your Instagram page, like what do you do professionally though? Um, I won't actually give you my sort of job role. Um, my, my job is based in safety. Uh, it's, it's a legal position. Um, oh, that's so fine. That, got, you don't have to go any farther into it. I was yeah. just wondering because I feel like you would be a great person, just like your Instagram page, where you're really promoting the education and the beauties and wonders of all the, these places. Like, have you ever thought about making like a documentary trying to spotlight some of these things? Like, I feel like there are plenty of travel blogs out there, obviously, but I mean, half the yeah. time they're not very believable and real. I prefer something like what Anthony Bourdain did where he went to all these places and he showed you the grime and he showed you all like the kind of the bad times and stuff. Like sometimes you want to go up to a hotel and be like, Hey, can I get a spot here? Oh, it's $6,000. Well, it looks like you're staying mm -hmm. in a one-star bedroom. I would love to see a documentary where a person's traveling to like the most beautiful place, but he's staying in a shitty like hotel with a glory hole in the side door. <laughs> Well, in Cornwall, so we've got, like I said, just tons of beautiful beaches. Um, and I feel like a lot of people just, they feel that they're in England. There's not a lot of exciting wildlife and it really, it's on their doorstep. It's right there. And we have a huge um, a tourist uh, business around here. So like Cornwall makes its money from tourism. Um, and it's just really important to, you know, you get loads of people flood down to Cornwall, they take beautiful pictures of beaches and stuff, but oftentimes they don't take pictures of, I've, I've done on my Instagram where glass in rock pools and, you know, you, you can't point fingers because it could be a local person, but it's, it happens more in the summer than it does in the winter. There are more people going to the beaches. There are more people coming to Cornwall and people don't have the same respect for it because it's not where they live. Um, so they might go to the beach in the evening, drink their drink. They might not even be throwing it at the rocks, but they leave their glass bottle on a rock and it falls into the sea and it gets smashed. Um, and the last thing you want is for that to affect not just the people who are using these rock pools to find animals and stuff, but the, the animals inside them as well. It can have a real, real heavy impact. And yeah, it's, it's like a slither of wildlife that we have. England is pretty notorious for having decimated all of its, uh, all of its wildlife once upon a time had wolves, boars, bears, all sorts of crazy stuff, and that's all gone. So the coast and the waters around us is where we harbor all of our wildlife, and we need to try as hard as we can to maintain that and to sustain it. My um, town, a lot of people are posting pictures of it right now because it's experiencing severely hard times with protests, riots, and it's just everybody's been locked down for so long. It's a way to kind of, I mean, we're a huge tourist town. COVID really... I mean, we make all our money in the summer. I mean, this is where business is open, but we couldn't open until later in the summer than we would like to. So now we're experiencing like the middle kind of of summer and we're way kind of behind. We didn't get any of the J1 students, any of the foreign kids that come down here that want to work and make money. So a lot of businesses are hurting and closing, but we're also getting kids from 
Baltimore, Washington, D.C., New York, Vermont, all these other places, Pennsylvania, that are all coming down here. And they're, they're our age, but they don't understand the beauties that kind of me and you see with the, like the land. It's, we have a sign that says, please leave only your footprints. Because people used to be able to smoke on the beach and they would toss their cigarette buds into the sand. But like every night I'm looking on this Facebook page of just the whole town, there's like a town Facebook page. They pizza boxes everywhere, all over our boardwalk, all over the ground, litter everywhere, trash, graffiti, everything. I'm like, man, like just, I don't even think like I could be that pissed off to litter like that. Like, I mean, I, I guess I was at one point, you know, I was pretty bad at like, oh, just tossing like a wrapper out the window or something. But then I just made a plastic bag in my car and use it as a trash bag. My my pockets are always full of rubbish. Uh, the rubbish that I've produced and there's not a bin nearby, I shove it in my own pocket. But yeah, if I'm walking around um, and I see rubbish about, I definitely uh, pick that up and, and put it in my pocket if I don't have a bag with me. Um, I frequently take my children rock crawling with me because it's really important to educate them on what we have surrounding us. Uh, that's, that's one of the reasons why I created my Instagram page um, is because there's all this sort of stuff and people aren't coming down to Cornwall. So I thought I'd give them an insight into what we're finding um, and teach them about what's the, around and stuff. And also make the point that we're out there doing litter picks. You know, we do, even if it's just a five minute beach clean, it has a, a positive impact. But the sad thing is that we actually have to do that. We shouldn't have to go around and pick up all this stuff because it, it's probably more effort to throw that away or something then it's just to stuff it back in the bag and chuck it in the bin whenever you can i think it's just the fact like when you're on vacation you don't really care about what you do to the place because you don't live there like i mm -hmm. mean i always look at like imagine taking a bottle you know somebody just tossing it into the beach or something what happens if you just someone you just drank the bottle and toss it in your room eventually that's going to clutter up and it's going to create a mess where you can't even live i mean i think we all have trails through our room that we walk uh, we, we keep the path clear i would say and put the clothes on the side or on a chair or something you know our room's kind of messy at times but i'm like it's so simple just to pick up after yourself it's like making your bed people always talk about make your bed first thing in the morning i make my bed first thing every single morning the whole fucking room looks clean if it's um, if it's not made, the whole room looks dirty. It's an illusion, some David Copperfield shit, but it works, and I feel good throughout my day. Like I'm starting my day off, I'm like, I made my bed today. I did something. I accomplished. You know, whole day could go to crap, but I think it's the same thing. What we can kind of take into the world, like, just spend more time, like getting people involved in the nature. It's gonna want you to care more about it. I mean, I took a hike through. Um, my brother's girlfriend's house, or I guess fiance now, but um, in Baltimore, it was like this little trail. She's like, we're gonna go on a trail. I'm like, a fucking trail? Like, we're in a small community, a trail. Okay, I've been on trails in my area. There's nothing ever super extraordinary. Like in Ocean City here, what we do is we can just take a trail and then go crabbing or something, toss some chicken eggs into the water and just pull up some crabs. That's fun. Um, but I'm like, I've been on a trail. It's a couple minute walk, whatever. Uh, we go on this trail, dude. I swear to God, I was also high. I'm going to add that in there. This is back when the high school days, but it felt like it lasted five hours. Like I was like, where the fuck are we hiking to? Like I had no clue. And we get back there and there's a waterfall, dude. I'll send you a picture of it. I put it on my Instagram, but, um, I was like, holy crap, there's a waterfall. She's like, yeah, because I used to come here all the time as a little kid. I'm like, you fucking live next to a waterfall. She's like, you live right next to the beach. You know how amazing that is to me? I'm like, oh, I guess that is pretty cool. But I'm like, 
have you ever thought about jumping off the waterfall? And she's like, no, because there's a foot of water down there. I'm like, just don't dive. Go knee first. <laughs> yeah, just lose your legs. You don't need those. Got two of them. Straight up knees to the chest. <laughs> yeah, cannonball, like God. Yeah, I mean, I, so many people don't see stuff like that. Uh, like, you know, when they, when they live next to stuff, um, I have... I'm always amazed where I live. I feel really blessed to live where I live um, because, I mean, surrounding me, I've got a beach five minutes in one direction. I mean, yesterday I ran to the beach. It's the biggest beach in, in the town. And that was a 20-minute run. And then you just, like, you just go straight in the sea from there. And it's absolutely gorgeous. But, um, yeah, I did live in uh, on an estate for a little bit. Um, lived in a, in a city. It's not a big city because it's Cornwall. But, yeah, you definitely get an appreciation of other places when when you leave them. So I think if you were to move somewhere else into mountains or something, it'd be pretty cool, but that would wear off and you'd probably miss the sea. Have you ever had a clear moment, like just in nature where it's like, you're just sitting there and you're like, this is what life is like. This is it. I don't want this moment to ever leave ever. I mean, I used to do jet skis in my town. So I used to be on the water constantly. I mean, seven hours a day. I mean, sometimes even 12, depending on how many trips we have. But like from as soon as 6 a.m. when the morning starts to 6 p.m. when that sun's going down, I would see the beautiful orange in the morning coming across the water, some nice ponies on the beach. I'd be driving right by and see them. I mean, you could stick your hand out and hit the mist with your hand. Those moments I fucking think about so much every time I cross the bridge into my town I'm like I jet skied here and then on those nights back when you're taking that last trip back and instead of orange in the morning that you would see at night you would see red and it's a completely different experience it was in the air like it tingles it's like I love storms I love falling asleep to rain outside of my window I'll sit on the floor in my garage with the lights off and just have when it's raining and have it just hit just to hear that noise but the tingling in the air that sensation you get where it's like this is what the perfect moment is this is where life makes sense yeah I get that sensation probably a lot I mean if I'm down at the beach uh sort of see uh, I, I do a lot of walking in my work uh, I go to a lot of places to do a lot of walking um and yeah I go to some really beautiful places I start work at five o'clock in the morning and at the minute that's around about when the sun's coming up so you've like just got these beautiful seascapes beautiful landscapes and the, sea, the sun's coming up over it and there's no one around you've got the birds singing uh waves crashing and stuff like that and I really feel like uh, so many people are so immersed in the technological life that they live um that they just they don't take the time to appreciate things like that and realize that nature is everything you know if if nature deteriorates too much or if ecosystems crumble around us if we drain the world of its nutrients because we're focusing more on making the next ipad or or having a, a better android phone in our hand or something like that you know that's not going to count for anything you can't eat your phone so I definitely, I think a lot of people need to connect to nature more uh, to get an idea of what really matters. You just gave me the best idea. If someone offered me a million dollars, I would go to Hawaii and when they have the selfie sticks where someone's taking a selfie with the thing and also if someone's taking a picture with their phone, I just want to grab it and fucking chuck it. <laughs> Be like you just see somebody staring at the actual picture rather than staring at the thing. I'm like, take a couple of pictures, put it in your pocket to remember it, but also don't sit there and videotape the whole damn thing. Like mm. 
that gets me. I'm like, are you like people that do that at concerts or videotaping the concert? So I can see it later. I'm like, you're never going to look back on it. And also you're missing it with your own eyes right now. Like you're and just if you're going... stood behind them, you'll see in the show twice. I've yeah. had that before. Fuck. Yeah, very off-putting. Oh, I just want to take the phone or take this. Imagine a selfie stick was the worst invention. I get it. It was a big trend. <laughs> People still do it. I had one for my GoPro. But, man, I mean, I like taking GoPro videos and filming that stuff when I was in the ocean and catch a nice barrel wave and see some stuff. But, like, being immense in it, too, because you're too worried about the shot. You're too worried about taking the photo, making it perfect or doing whatever, adding your Instagram. I, My little cousin took an Instagram picture of a sunset and sat there editing the whole thing while the sunset was going down. I'm like, you're missing this. You're missing this. You're missing this. Did you add the saturation? Because guess what? You're missing this. And he's just sitting there. He's like, but it's going to be cool. My Instagram will get so many likes. I just like wanted to slap the shit out of him so hard. I'm like, you're going to. You hear that noise? That is the foam of the ocean rolling up on the sand right now. Like, just focus in on that. Listen to that. And it brings up a good question that I've had. It's going to make me sound like a stoner. I'm not, I, don't, I don't do it anymore. I've done it in years, okay? I swear. Disclaimer. <laughs> but um, when you grab a shell and you put your ear up to it and you say, hear the ocean, do you mm -hmm. think that is just a reverberation or echo of just the hollowness of the shell? Or do you think that it's a shell that's been smashed and crushed by the ocean waves so many times that literally the sound has imprinted its memory into the shell? That is that, a stoner thought. That completely depends on whether you picked that shell up on the beach and just stood right next to the sea. Fuck, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> So many people pick up shells and I'm like, you can hear the ocean. I'm like, I'm stood right here. I can hear the ocean. Oh uh, thanks God. for it, though. Because I don't know if you've ever picked up like a garden snail shell. You don't get that. You just picked up, you just blew my fucking mind. <laughs> You're standing right next to the ocean. No wonder you can hear the ocean. I can't believe I didn't even think of that one. Wow. 22. And I figured that out. Oh, my God. That's like when I found out when I was 20 that Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson weren't the same person. <laughs> yeah that was a tough one for me dude don't even like yeah. that sounds tough is that like it, it, what do you what, you just associated the mjs i'm like yeah i'm like i thought because okay so i'm turning this into a joke but michael jordan came to my town when i was 20 about two years ago uh the thing called a white marlin opening which is like a big fishing tournament and this is just when the podcast was starting out. I was like, you know how cool it would be to get Michael Jordan on my podcast? I would ask him, what was it like to be the first NBA player with AIDS? And everyone in the room that I said that around just stared at me like, what the fuck did you just say? And I was like, yeah, he has AIDS. Like, imagine how hard that must have been, all the things to come over with. And they're like, that's Magic Johnson. I'm like, same guy? They're like, not the same guy. I'm like, fuck i spent 20 years thinking the guy who made my all-time favorite movie space jam had aids <laughs> can't take it back now it was a great film so it must have been devastating news this is why i like you you make me <laughs> feel not so dumb i would say wow i spend a lot of time with children <laughs> oh, oh that's a good one i'm ending on that one hey man I look I appreciate you coming out and doing the podcast. I know it was a random thing, a DM and all, but I want you to be able to promote your Instagram page right now, share your links, everything so people can find your content, be able to, you know, look at the beautiful pictures you take. 
Yeah, man, it's uh, at Seascape Safari. If you want to give us a follow, definitely do that. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to carry on posting, carry on giving you an insight into what I find on a daily basis and what me and my kids get up to and what we learn about the creatures around us and really, you know, how you can go out and get involved. You can dive right in and learn loads of stuff. Help nature. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast and stay tuned for our next episode.